give that to Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and give him some more praise. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, let you lift your voice and give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, from the front to the back, from side to side, great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Come on, give him high praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. How many know that we serve a great God tonight? How many know he's in this place? I believe you know this, but let me just remind you that if he's in this house, there is no telling what God can do in this place before this service is over. I feel a Holy Ghost expectancy. I feel a hunger in my spirit. Amen. Anybody want to see God do something great in this place? We've had great church, but God's not done yet. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord and in this great conference, Summit 2013. And so very appreciative. It'd be wrong if I didn't take the time to express thanks for all the hospitality since we've been here. Everything has been just top-notch and we appreciate it so very much and we're honored to be here with all these great uh, preachers and sponsoring churches and it's certainly good to be here with uh, brother and sister Mayo and this local church. God bless you. How many appreciate all the work that they do to make this happen? Amen. And haven't we heard from the word of the Lord this week? Oh, God has been good. Amen, amen. appreciate so much, brothers, brother, uh, brothers, spell, and uh, brothers, King, brothers, Clark, and brothers, Young, and uh, the word of the Lord has been just so fantastic and so good to be here uh, with my my dad, my earthly father, and my spiritual father. And I want to say I am blessed that they are one and the same. Not everybody has that, and uh, but it is it's good to be here at this unique conference of uh, father and son. And uh, again, not everybody may have that, but I know there's a bunch of one God apostolic young preachers that have got spiritual fathers. Amen. And there's a bunch of them that could be, probably should be preaching here tonight. And I'm glad to be hooked up with all of them uh, here at this gathering of eagles. And I've been at different kinds of gatherings. Good to be at a gathering of eagles. Amen. Sometimes I felt perhaps like I was at a gathering of buzzards, but we're at the right place tonight. Amen, amen, amen. And if you have your Bibles, I would like to turn to the book of Genesis chapter number 1. And beginning with verse number 14, I am aware that the greatest preacher in Pentecost is behind me. And I'm going to hurry up and get out of the way so we can hear Brother Larry Booker. And uh, looking forward to what he has to say. If you'll preach with me, I'll preach faster. How about that? Anybody going to help me preach tonight? Amen. I know you are. This is a church that knows how to preach with a preacher. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 14. And so I want to say I wish my wife, uh, Erica, my kids, Trenton, uh, Peyton, and Avalon were here. Uh, if you're listening, I love you. And uh, God bless you. See you tomorrow. Amen. Genesis 1, and verse number 14. If you have it, say amen. amen. The word of the Lord says, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons 
and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And I want you to notice, especially verse number 16, it says, And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. Everybody say the sun. And the lesser light to rule the night. Everybody say the moon. He made the sun. He made the moon. And then the Bible writer under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost adds these five words at the conclusion of verse number 16. And in almost an aside, in a just kind of a by the way, did I mention he made the sun, he made the moons, but did I mention he made the stars also? How many know we serve a great big God tonight? I feel him in this place tonight. I'm not going to preach long. At least that's my intention. A lot of preachers have that intention. We'll see how it works out tonight. But I want to tell you up front, my goal tonight is to make Jesus as big as I can in this place tonight. The psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Is there anybody that would join with this preacher tonight and magnify Jesus? Come on, for the next few minutes, anybody want to see how big he really is? Does anybody believe that he is great, greatly to be praised? If you believe that, let's lift our hands and our voice and our hearts and let's praise him. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're going to do. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, I magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Before you're seated, shake hands with somebody and tell them he made the stars also. And God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 1, of course, is the story of the creation of the world. And this chapter and this story of the creation has so much uh, to teach us about our, our God. And I, I heard, in fact... Uh, it was my father. Uh, I heard him make the statement about a lady by the name of Marilyn Voss Savant. She is uh, considered, in fact, she's in Guinness's World Book of Records as the most intelligent person in the world. And yes, man, it is a woman. <laughs> Amen. As your wife's been telling you all these years, it's official. And the most intelligent person in the world, Marilyn Voss Savant, she has a, a, a column or did that she would uh, answer questions in an editorial. And and uh, from time to time, she was, uh, uh, she was asked questions that would relate even to religion. She seems to have not just intelligent, but, uh, but good sense. And she was asked one time, if, if, if there was one event in world history that, out of everything that has happened in the, in the past, that if there was one historical event that you would like to see, what would it be? And her answer was, the number one historical event that I would like to see is the creation of the world. She said, because think about all the answers that are answered by just that one event. And, 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 and I, I believe she's echoing a, a premise that the scripture relates to us and gives to us. We find it in Psalm 19 and 1 where it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. How many know there's a great God that's in this house tonight? The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And 
Day unto day it uttereth speech, and night unto night it showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And what's that is simply saying is that the very creation is doing what we are doing tonight. It's giving praise and honor and glory to God. And there is a whole lot of things that the creation teaches us. And I, I'm going to run through these quickly. But, but the creation, of course, first of all, teaches something that we all believe tonight. And that is the fact that it is one God that made everything that is. Amen. I know you've heard it before, but can I remind you? The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. I just got to know, am I preaching to some one God apostolics tonight that we don't believe a committee put this world together? Amen. I don't read in my Bible where Father, Son, and Holy Ghost got together and held a holy convocation and said, you take this part, I'll take this part, and, and the Holy Ghost, you do the backside. But no, my Bible says that one God stepped out on time and one God made everything that is. When I preach that there's one God, I'm not preaching a different message than the creation. For Paul said that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world uh, declare that, that the, even his eternal power and Godhead. And when I stand and say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I am proclaiming what the stars are proclaiming right now. There's only one God. Every time the lightning flashes, it's preaching the message that there's only one God. And every time the thunder rolls, it's preaching there's only one God. And every wave that rolls across the breach is preaching the message there's only one God. The twinkling of the stars and the sun shining in the morning, it's preaching what we preach. One God, one God, one God and his name is Jesus. Anybody glad you know who he is tonight? You can be seated. The creation declares there's one God. But, but it also declares and that the water and the Spirit go together. For my Bible says that it was the Spirit of God that in the beginning moved upon the face of the water. Spirit and water have always gone together. John 3 is not the beginning of that kind of thinking. Let me tell you when Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God the very creation stands up and applauds and said oh yeah you got to be baptized and you got to get the Holy Ghost can I tell you it's not enough just to be spirit filled you need to be washed by the water in the name of Jesus anybody glad we're a one God Jesus name apostolic church that preaches Acts 238 in 2013 The creation declares one God. The creation declares it's water and spirit. But the creation also declares that there is power in the word of God. Amen. And can I tell you that gives this young preacher comfort when I read eight times at least in Genesis 1 that it says, and God said... And every time God said it happened, let me tell you tonight, there's no telling what can happen in this place before we shut down this place and turn off the lights and lock the doors because the same power that created everything that is, is in this place tonight. And there's power in the word of God. Anybody thankful there is power, there's healing, there's help in the power of the word of the Lord. Amen, amen. The creation teaches one God. The creation teaches water and spirit. The creation teaches there's power in the word. 
But the creation also teaches that there is power in the Holy Ghost. My Bible says that before anything was spoken, before anything that was, was created, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And let me just drop this in your heart tonight. Whatever else happens, I am hungry. And I am desperate before anything else, uh, if nothing else happens tonight. I want the Holy Ghost to sweep across this place one more time tonight. Let me tell you, we got to have the moving of the Holy Ghost. This is not my message, and I don't have time to do it justice. But can I remind a Pentecostal church that we have got to have the Holy Ghost in every service. We can't raise a group of young people that don't know what it is for the power of God to break into our midst. we got to have young people that know what it is for shouting and power and the glory and the miraculous and the supernatural. I tell you, there's power in the Holy Ghost. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost that's in this place tonight? Amen, amen, amen. I could preach about that, and I could, I could preach also that the creation declares there is there is a God that is holy. For the Bible lets us know the first three days of creation, he was interested in separation. He separated light from darkness and waters above from waters beneath and dry ground from the sea. And it was before he separated before he ever added. And can I tell somebody tonight that if you're in this place and your pastor is a holiness preacher... He's not preaching some weird doctrine, some chimney corner scripture. But he is preaching what even the creation declares that God always separates before he adds to your life. Are you glad? Are you glad to be in a one God Jesus name apostolic holiness church that preaches it like the Bible said? Amen, amen. And so it preaches one God and the creation in Genesis 1 preaches the water and spirit, and it preaches power in the word and power in the spirit and, and holiness. And, but I, I want you to get this, and this is where we're going tonight. If there is one thing that the creation declares, it is this fact that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. If there is one thing that the sun getting up in the morning is teaching this church. It's the fact that God is big. And God is able. And God is capable. If there is one thing that the beautiful mountains declare. It declares that we don't serve a weak anemic God tonight. We don't serve some God that is intimidated by our problems. We don't serve a God that is intimidated by the economy. But my Bible preaches from the very beginning that when God created the heavens and the earth, he was establishing it. He was settling it. That great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord, the God that's in this place, the God that's in this house, he made the heavens. I tell you, we've got a reason to praise the Lord tonight. We've got a reason to clap our hands tonight. We've got a reason to lift our voice and shout and sing. I just want somebody tonight to get a fresh revelation. He is big. He is mighty. He is able. He can do anything. Oh, you ought to clap your hands and give him great praise tonight.
Amen. Amen. It's all right if I just preach about that great God for a couple of minutes. You can be seated if you're going to help me preach. I want you to notice in your Bible, have you ever noticed how many times when preachers and prophets in your Bible, when the poets and the psalmists of your Bible were really going to praise the Lord? I mean, when they were going to really get with it. I don't mean a little Wednesday night golf clap. But when they were going to really give God praise, have, have you ever noticed how many times they would step outside of their house and they would look up and say, wow, God is big. Have you noticed how many times they would look at the heavens and say, you know, when I begin to realize how big he is compared to my problems, I've got a reason to praise the Lord. Did, did you ever notice that Psalmist David in Psalm 8, he said it like this. He said, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And then David said, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. It was when David considered the heavens that he said, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. He said, Thou, thou hast given him dominion over the works of thy hands. All sheep and oxen and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever pathless passeth through the paths of the seas. And then David wraps up that beautiful psalm looking at the heavens and he says it again oh lord our lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth amen amen have you ever noticed that poets like job when they were really going to get poetic about god they would say things like job did in chapter 26 verse 7 now listen whether you like poetry whether you like Robert Frost or Emily Dickinson. I've got a five, a three-year-old, and a seven-month-old. So my favorite poet at present, praise God, it changes. I hope it changes, is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but whether you like poetry or not, you're going to like this. Job said, God stretched out the north over the empty place, and he hangs the earth upon nothing. Have you ever noticed that Old Testament preachers like Isaiah, when they were really going to get anointed, he would say, he hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and he meted out the heaven with the span. Have you ever noticed that even God, when he was going to brag about himself, he would say, thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Amen. Have you ever noticed that prophets like Jeremiah, when they would get anointed, they would begin to say things like this. Ah, oh, Lord God. I didn't add the ah. Oh, it's in the Bible. Jeremiah 32 and 17, out of the depths of his soul, this prophet, that they, the way they would let him know how much they appreciated him. Brother Mayo, on Pastor Appreciation Month, they would take Brother Jeremiah out, and they didn't send him on a trip, but they would tie a rope around him. And they would lower him, history tells us, down into a dry well. Mud up to his chin. 
kind of like being in a septic tank, and they would drop, they would drop old moldy bread down there. And I don't know if it was when Jeremiah was down in that well, but some point in his ministry, he got his eyes off of his surroundings. He quit looking at the mud and the water. And really, when you're in a well, the only place to look is up. And the Bible says that there in that scripture, he says, Oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and thy stretched out arm. And it came to this conclusion. There is nothing too hard for God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I've just come tonight to drive some faith into this place. I've come tonight to, to tilt somebody's chin up a little bit. I've come to take somebody by the hand and say, hey, you need to forget about your problems for a few minutes. It's time for fear to leave this place. It's time for depression to leave this place. I rebuke doubt in Jesus' name tonight. I take authority in the name of Jesus. It's time for an apostolic church to get a fresh revelation that there is a God that sits in the heavens. He made it all. He can do it all. And there is nothing too hard for God. Anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? Can anybody see for just a few moments that he is great, that he's able, he's capable, he can do anything? Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen. I'm, I'm going to preach just a little bit longer. My daddy's got to get up here. We're going to have Holy Ghost outpouring in just a couple minutes. Amen, amen. You can be seated here. Have you ever noticed that when God himself was going to deal with somebody, I think of the story of Job. When I think of Job, I think of a man that if anybody had a reason to whine and cry, it was Job. He lost his kids. He lost all of his kids. He lost his possessions. He, he lost the goodwill of his wife. He even lost his health. And, and the Bible talks about he, got, he had boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And, and, and then it begins to paint this picture of this guy Apparently, he's just, he's just miserable. He is depressed, and he's got every right to be depressed. And, and, and the Bible literally says he's hurting so bad he can't sit, he can't stand, can't lay down. So he finally gets a broken piece of, of, a, of a pot, and he begins to scrape these boils. Now, that's pathetic. And he's just doing this number, and he looks for the softest place he can find, which happens to be an ash pile. And he plops himself down in the middle of that ash pile. Now listen, friends, if, if I was God and I found Job in that situation, I'd be putting Band-Aids all over him. I'd hug him. Well, I don't know if I'd hug him. I might wave at him and call 911. <laughs> but I'd feel bad for him. But you know what God did when he showed up? He didn't even seem to empathize for one moment. He didn't admire his boils. He didn't say, Job, that one right there between your eyes makes you look like a Siamese twin. Job, I've never seen a case of boils like that in my life. But the Bible says that God gets on the scene. And God pins him down with his eye. And for 85 questions, he begins to ask Job questions that he could not do. And things that he did not know. Questions like this. Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Job, 
Where were you when the angels of God shouted for joy? Job, do you know how broad the earth is? Job, can you send forth lightning? Job, do you know who the rain's father is? Job, can you cause the hawk to fly? Does the eagle soar at your command? You know what God was doing? He was saying, Bubba, you need to get your eyes off of your problems. You need to get your eyes off of the ash pile. Job, as hard as it sounds, you need to forget even about your graveyard of buried children. And you need to lift up your eyes into the heavens and see that great, great, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And I'm almost done, but I've come to meddle for a couple of moments with you. I've come to preach to some of the greatest people in the world. And if in my flesh, I want to sneak up beside you and I want to hug on you. And I want to say, I understand. I know where you're coming from. But I feel the Holy Ghost compelling me tonight to, to sneak up and look at you in the right in the eye. And begin to ask you. Where were you when God laid the foundation of the world? Mama, I got to ask you, where were you when the angels of God shouted for joy? Daddy, I've got to ask you, do you know how broad the earth is? Do you know how to send forth lightning? Do you know who the rain's father is? Can you cause the hot? I've just come tonight to lift somebody's eyes up under him that can do anything. You may have snuck in here tonight. You may have just stumbled in here and barely made it. You may have found the softest pew you could find. You may be sitting there saying, don't mess with me, preacher. Can't you see I'm hurting? Can't you see I'm out of a job? Can't you see my family's messing up? Can't you see I'm in pain? Can't you see my church is falling apart? Can't you see I need revival? Can't you see I don't know what to do? But I feel the Holy Ghost slipping back to your pew, sir. And he's come to tell you that if I made the sun and the moon and the stars, it's not too simple for you to get a fresh revelation. That great, great, great is the Lord. Does anybody believe when I'm preaching? Is there any pastors that believe when I'm preaching? Is there any preachers that believe when I'm preaching? Is there any moms and dads that can stand to your feet and clap your hands and lift your voice and give God great praise tonight? Come on, you ought to praise him. He is able. 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 Oh, lift your voice and give him great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody believe he is able tonight? I know I preached a simple message, but it may, may be mo the most profound thought that enters your brain in the next year. God's big, God's able, God can do it, God can do it. I gotta ask you anyway, how big is your problem in relation to a God that can make a son? You know, we got enough reason to praise God all night just for the fact that he made the sun. I don't have time to go into it, but that's a big deal tonight. Are you glad that 
the God that you've been praying that he would save your children spoke and put the sun in the sky. And if that's not enough, my Bible says that he made the moon also. I tell you, that's a big deal. If I made the moon, I'd be bragging about it to everybody I met. My Bible just says God spoke and put the moon in the sky. And I'm done preaching, but that's not where the verse ends. Brother Williams, it says he made the moon. Son. Everybody say he made the sun. And then it says he made the moon. And if God had stopped there, I wouldn't be complaining. If God had stopped there, I wouldn't be griping and whining. That's awesome. That's powerful. But God's nature is such that he said, you know, I got some space out there. He waved his hand and flung stars from horizon to horizon. In five words, really three, but in five words, the writer is describing an attribute of God that he can do anything. And he wants to do anything. There are some of you tonight, you're going to go home to situations. And right now, you don't even know which way to look, which way to turn, what to think about it. Can I preach to you? There are stars in your horizon that God wants to bring to your, to your life, to your world, to your creation. When you get home, he made the sun and he made the moon, but he ain't done yet. Hallelujah. Come on, Northwest. This is unbelievable. God has punched some things through in the Holy Ghost in the Northwest. Oh yeah, it's happening. He put the sun in the sky. But can I tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? You ought to clap your hands. You ought to shout for joy. You ought to step in the aisle and give him great praise. Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised. Come on, give him praise, give him praise, magnify him, 